Greetings and welcome to episode 29 of the Media Sport podcast series. I'm your host, Brett Hutchins, from the School of Media, Film and Journalism at Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. In this episode, we turn our attention to sport, culture and media in South Korea and the East Asian region more broadly. This focus is prompted by the 2018 Winter Olympic and Paralympic Games hosted by Pyeongchang in February and March of this year. And what this mega event can tell us about sport, geopolitics, nationalism and even the emotions of the citizens in the host nation. These Olympics continue South Korea's history of hosting major sporting events such as the 1988 Summer Olympics in Seoul and the 2002 FIFA Men's World Cup, which was co-hosted with Japan. I am joined by Young Han Cho, Professor of Korean Studies at Hankook University of Foreign Studies in Seoul. Young Han completed his PhD in Communication Studies at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and was also a postdoctoral fellow in the Asia Research Institute at National University of Singapore. His research interests include global sports and nationalism, East Asian pop culture and modernity, and the cultural economy of Korea and the Asian region. Appearing in journals such as Media, Culture and Society, Sociology of Sport Journal and Cultural Studies, his research on sport encompasses examinations of nationalism, celebrity, football, fandom and the globalization of US sports such as baseball in South Korea. His edited collections include titles such as Football in Asia, History, Culture and Business, published by Routledge in 2015, and Modern Sports in Asia, also published by Routledge and co-edited with Charles Leary. In moving attention away from sport in the Anglosphere, these books contain chapters dealing with countries and cultures in Singapore, Hong Kong, Indonesia, Japan, the Philippines and China. Jung Han's research expertise makes him an ideal figure to be speaking with about the recent Olympics and Paralympics, as well as sport in South Korean culture and history. Jung Han, thank you for speaking with me for the Media Sport podcast series. Hello, Fred. Uh, thank you for having me. It's my honor to be in the Media Sport podcast. Let's begin with a, a deliberately general question. What was the significance of hosting the 2018 Winter Olympics and Paralympics for South Korea, and how were they received within the country? Uh, first, of, first of all, the 2018 PyeongChang Winter Olympics and the Paralympics made a great success, both domestically and globally, and which is beyond the expectations. And one of the reasons is that uh, North Korea suddenly decided to participate in the Olympics. It's made a big kind of a surprise because North in the last year, particularly North Korea made several missile tests and the nuclear bomb, which made a serious concern, not only about the North Korean Peninsula, but also the success of the Winter Olympics. However, the, by having the North Korea in our Olympics, the Olympic itself 
uh, attained much global attention as well as contributes the idea of the Olympics, such as peaceful movement. And domestically, the Olympic event made a really important impact on making peaceful dialogue between the North and South Korean government. And I think most of audience already knew, heard the news about the, some various summit meetings. So tomorrow will be the, the historic moment, which is the 2018 inter-Korean summit meetings. So I think the Pyeongchang Olympics generally made a great impact on initiating some peaceful conversation between North and South Korean government, but also it will be ultimately contribute to making much more peace environment in the East Asian region. And in Australia, one of the, the key features of the coverage of the games was the combined women's ice hockey team for Korea. Mm -hmm. What was the response within South Korea about that team and the way it was selected and the, the way I suppose it, it represented the notion of a unified Korean peninsula? Uh, first of all, such a joint team generally symbolized the unification between South and North Korea. If we can recall the previous Olympics, it is 2000 Sydney Olympics when South and North Korea entered the Olympic opening ceremony together as a joint team with using the Korean Peninsula flag. But the 2018 is the first time for having actually joint team in a specific event, which is the turn out to be ice, women's ice hockey teams. But at the same time, there are some domestic issues over the procedure and the rationale behind choosing the women's ice hockey team. And there are some debates whether it is fair for older participating coaches and player and athletes. Because it seems that both government chose women's ice hockey team is that relatively it has little attention from the audience and there are little expectation for the team to have uh, any, any medals. But so, at the, so it's, it's usually political decision of selecting women's ice hockey team. So many South Korean youth particularly a little bit angered about the, such a political decision of cho choosing women's ice hockey team and uh, raise a question about the fairness of the selecting and the preparing such a joint team. In preparing for this interview, I read uh, there was a couple of pieces of commentary about uh, the different attitudes among the older and younger generations towards mm -hmm. the notion of a, a combined Korea. D did that play out through the, the, the Olympics in any way, um, through, the, through the sorts of debates you saw with the, the women's ice hockey team? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think there are different 
receptions and the attitude between the I don't say older generation or younger generation. I, but I, I think particularly two distinct responses among younger generation. One is about the hostility towards North Korea among young generation. For the older generation, particularly who hates and dislikes North Korea, is based on anti-communism ideology. Those older generation do not like or neither welcome North Korea because it's based on the very historic anguish and the anti-communist ideology. However, among young generations, uh, there are divided opinion, but some young generation who do not welcome the participation of North Korea and the joint team for the Women's ISAC team is that North Korea violate the rule of the fair competition. So they hate North Korea because North Korea is the kind of free rider for the Olympics, which South Korean government and its people spent money and effort for preparing, hosting, and even paying money for the inviting North Korean other special envoy and the teams. And in their rationale, particularly North Korean ISAC team did not prepare or contribute anything to participating in the Olympics. So there are some different kind of the emotions towards North Korea between young generation and older generations. What was your response to the games? Did you enjoy them? What were you what were the sort of different feelings and observations you had over the course of, I suppose, both the Olympics and the Paralympics? Yeah, spe- uh, speaking as a, a spectator or an observer. Yeah, I'm a long time I'm a fan of the Olympic spectator. <laughs> I still remember it's, it's, it's I think it's a 1984 LA Olympics, which is the first time for Korean broadcasting to broadcast rivalry lively from the LA to South Korea with the colored television. But sometimes the broadcasting was the, the disrupted due to the poor technology. But I still remember I was really quiet over the <laughs> news that South Korean athletes won the gold medals. But anyway, so generally as a spectator and even scholars, I really enjoyed this Olympics because not only because Olympic is about the, the amateurism, internationalism, and the prof- some kind of the peaceful movement, but also I, it, the participation in North Korea gave us real kind of the emotional touch. And although there are some disputes over the procedure and the selecting but I'm, I'm very happy with seeing that both North Korean athletes and the supporters literally stayed and played in South Korean ground. And we can see them in face. And as I said, uh, such a sporting event eventually gave uh, made a good pavement for much diverse and peaceful dialogue 
in not only in sports, but also cultural and finally even the political and military dimensions. How were the Paralympics received in South Korea and I suppose what do they tell us about the state of disability sport and, and disability services in your home country? Uh, I'm, I'm not an expert in stating, spoke, speaking about the state of the disabled sports in South Korea in general, but sorry about that. However, uh, I might say that uh, there are some lukewarm interests in Paralympics, although some, some intellectual and even some politicians ask about the South Korean people should have their interest not only in the Olympics, but also Paralympics. For instance, the President Moon Jae-in one time mentioned about the lack of the kind of the Korean broadcasting who really broadcast the Paralympic Games library only one hour or less than one hour per day. So despite some arguments, it cannot despite some kind of the argument, it has to be admitted that there are a little bit less interest in even watching and cheering such a Paralympics. You wrote a recent piece for IAPS Dialogue, the online magazine of the Institute of Asia and Pacific Studies, titled The 2018 Olympics and Northeast Asian Emotions. It highlights the fact that three consecutive Olympics are being hosted in East Asia, namely South Korea this year, Tokyo in 2020, but Beijing Zhangjiaoku will be hosting toot the Games in 2022. What are you examining in your article, particularly in terms of what it tells us about something that you call inter-Asian emotions? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the Olympics as a, the global spectacle, we influenced not only international unity and belongingness, but also contribute to changing the structure of feeling among the regional countries. And as many might know that the intense relationship and the historic kind of entanglement between the East Asia which includes China, Japan, and North and South Korea, is much reflected, reflects, and also influenced on the kind of the sporting events, both regionally and nationally and globally. So I think the Olympics, including 2018 Pyeongchang and the two more Olympics will be very useful platform for illuminating the changes among the relationship and the emotion among those East Asian countries and peoples. Could you describe the cultural and political significance of sport in Korean culture? What functions has it served over time and for who, especially in terms of, of nationalism? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... In South Korea, or in Korean history, sports was introduced firstly as a kind of modern invention. Although there are some more traditional sports, 
However, many people refer to sports as a modern sports, which was introduced and widely practiced in the, for instance, late 19th and the early 20th centuries. So first of all, such a modern sports in South Korea symbolize the kind of the way of accomplish their modernization, such as uh, straining, strengthening their bodies and uh, competing with other, other modern subjects. At the same time, at the moment when Korea was modernized, Korea began to be colonized by Japan, the Japanese empire. So sports also used for a tool for resisting the Japanese empire. So in some cases, sports was the only venue in which colonial Korea could compete fairly, relatively fairly against Japanese imperials. So I think for that reason, the sports in Korea and South Korea has been used for useful tool for enhancing kind of the national unity and at the same time for increasing some kind of national belongingness to Korean people. After independence, the, from the perspective of South Korea, sports was the use, useful way for the representing South Korea as an independent nation state to the globe. At the same time, the kind of the having the competition against North Korea and the Japan. So which is the best, some kind of efficient way, kind of the enhancing the nationalism in South Korea. And you've also written about the glocalization of baseball in South Korea. And I must admit on the one time I, I did visit Seoul, um, there was a lot of baseball on television during my visit. I mean, what's what's that process of glocalization? How how is baseball, I suppose, adapted within um, South Korean culture as well as well as I suppose projected onto it by U.S. sporting history? Okay, the the U.S. sports since I think nineteen eighties, particularly U.S. sports and its organization trying to expand its market into the globe for the increasing their profits. And compared to the several other types of expanding US sports, the case in South Korea have some similarity and the differences. For instance, the particularly such a localization sports have had happened in the baseball. So through the Major League Baseball of the United States. So MLB, some of the MLB team begin to recruit South Korean player as a way expanding its market in South Korea. And fortunately, one Korean baseball player named Chan Ho Park debuted and played very well in the late 1990s. And at the time, South Korea also underwent the national economic crisis. 
saw brilliant performance of Park Chan-hoo as South Korean player in the Major League Baseball signals some kind of the Korean competitiveness in the global competition. So I, I argue that such a localization of U.S. sports, particularly Major League Baseball, had been possible both of using such a the business strategy of hiring local player, but also for invoking some national interest among baseball fans in South Korea. Hmm. And is there, a, in turning attention to the scholarly community, particularly within the humanities and social sciences in South Korea, is, is there a community of scholars producing research on sport, you know, topics like related to sports, such as sporting culture and sports media? There are several scholars I know in person or I know only in paper. However, I think, unfortunately, there is kind of the one organization which might represent the group of the media sports scholar. Because I think uh, there are several scholars who have interesting sports as a as a pop culture or media broadcasting and uh, in, in the or political agenda. However, these scholars are basically divided by their departments. So usually, the social sports has been studied by different group of scholars, and usually so. In the media studies, many scholars pay attention to the more about the technology of broadcasting sports, journalism, and this matter. So I feel that there are more, there should be more research on approach the sports or media sports as a kind of the culture and or pop culture. So. That is the state of the media sports studies in South Korea. Um, a question I ask of all my guests, could you recommend a, a book that you believe our listeners should read? Uh, okay. Uh, probably the audience might look up the other interviewee you have done <laughs> the podcast. I, I look at the many scholars from your website, probably the, the audience might choose any books among those interviewees. But if I can recommend some books, particularly on the topics of globalization and sports, I think the, the pioneering book will be the David Andrews edited volume on Michael Jordan incorporations. So which look at more about American expansion into European or global markets, so MBA. And more general edited volume will be the globalization and sports edited by Richard Giulianotti and Robert Robertson. So, but it's really big volume. So that that is another recommendation. And I wish that I want to attracting your attention to more East Asian context. So probably one recommendation about the 
Sports in, in East Asia is the Andrew Morris's book on Colonial Project National Game, which about the Taiwanese baseball. And the other books written by Rachel Myung-Ju, entitled Transnational Sports, Gender, Media, and Global Career. So those two books really employ more humanistic or Asian area studies perspective on reading the significant sports in Korea and East Asia. And what are you presently working on? So what, what can we expect in the next couple of years in terms of the sorts of research you're producing? Uh, for the next two years, I'm trying to institutionalizing the sports study in area studies. In other words, um, in area study, there are many topics for exploring history and historic or social cultural changes of Korea, such as the literature, media, and the pop songs. And following the similar approach, I want to do some research on studying sports as a lens for illuminating historic change of Korea. And one specific topic is about the sports in transition from colonial era to Cold War era. In Korean study, the independence is usually regarded as the separation or disruption of Korean history. However, there are many continue, continuity and the similarity between colonial regime and the Cold War regime. And particularly sports and some sports figure will be the good example for following and exploring several similarity as well as the difference between colonial and the Cold War time in Korea. So that is my next topic for the research. That's fantastic. Jung Han, it's been great to speak with you. I wish you well with your research and thank you for speaking with me for the Media Sport podcast series. Thank you very much and it's great joy for speaking with you.